me, you know, like where you grew up, what were your parents like, and uh, where'd you go to school, and where'd you, you know, just tell me everything. I want to know everything about you. And uh, that's gonna at, be at some old. point. At some point, bagpipes will come into it, but that's not all I want to know about. I want to know about you. Um, I was born in Aberdeen, Maryland. You're from Maryland. Um, yeah, my dad was in the army, so I was. I'm an army brat. I'm not really bratty, but you know, that's the little, that's the saying. That's just what um, they call you. And then when I was almost two, we moved to Iowa. Mm. And I got three brothers, Patrick, Thomas, and Sean. Oh, those are some good, those are some good Irish names right there. Was yeah. there, was that, a, was there a reason for that? Oh, well, because I was a Murphy when I was born. Mm. And uh, my family was. Did did your parents or or aunts and uncles or grandparents were 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 people yeah. around you singing my wild Irish rose to you? All oh the time? my gosh! <laughs> yes, all were. those Irish songs, <laughs> all those Irish songs. So, mm. um, and then I have a sister named Erin, as in E R I N, so of course. Yes, as in E R I N, and she was born on the fiftieth anniversary of the Easter uprising. Oh well, so that's, that's why just she's called Erin. That's just too perfect. And I know, right? Is her middle name Gobrach? <laughs> no, it's Marie. Oh, okay. But we never called her that. We called her Aaron Me because Marie was too hard to say, I guess. I don't I know. See. Uh, let's see. And, but where did you fit into this? Were Were you the you know oldest child, youngest child? Yeah, I'm the oldest. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and I just wished I had those three brothers, Patrick, Thomas, and Sean, and I really, really wanted a sister to play with because I was tired of. The boys drawing mustaches on my dolls and things like that, you know, <laughs> or having to play cowboys and Indians and not ever playing yeah. tea party or whatever. Right. You know? So, but so then I prayed you... and prayed for a sister, and I got a sister when, on Easter Sunday. Uh, hey, so it is a miracle, and you got her. But it, how it was totally... how far apart are you in years? Seven years. Okay, so maybe it was a minute before you got to... Well, I don't know. With a baby sister, you do get to play with her like she's a living doll, of course. <laughs> and then, yes, you and, do. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that kind of play, though. I was expecting her to, you know, talk and, you know, yep. totally... I was only seven, six. Yep. My wife had the exact same experience. It was a brother, she... then her, then two brothers. She wanted a sister so badly, and then she got one, and she was so excited, and then she ran into the hospital, and... It wasn't a sister, it was a baby, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, moved to Iowa. I was an Iowa farm, not a farm girl. I lived in the city, but we just played in the neighborhood all the time. We, we didn't watch any TV very much because my mom was against TV. And so we played outside with the neighborhood kids all the time. I had to take piano lessons starting when, in second grade, so I learned to play the piano. Was First, it sort of, then, sort of your classic um, sort of lady in the neighborhood who had a piano was teaching? Yes, yeah. it was. Yes. I would have to go there after school one mm. day a week and take piano lessons and practice every day. And all of us learned to play the piano. And then my mom said, you take two years of piano and then you can take any instrument you want, which kind of forced you into playing an instrument. You know, I yeah. wanted to play. Yeah clarinet but i had really bad buck teeth so they said no no clarinets for you so i <laughs> i um start, learned the violin yeah uh not not very much i really hated the ratty old uh violin case that i had to carry to school because one of the nuns was teaching the violin lessons mm. um i really really hated that 
and but it's too bad too because the violin was a an heirloom in our family uh-huh. that I have that I still have today. It's one that my mother learned to play, and my grandmother learned to play. Oh wow! Um, it's it's too bad that I didn't take more lessons. Now is is and you don't have to divulge anything you don't want to, but I've I have not gone to a school run by nuns, but I've heard I've heard terrifying stories. Was it a lovely experience or was it a the sort of strict experience that you kind of see in in TV, you know, in movies and stuff? Oh, it wasn't it wasn't very strict. Um half the half of the teachers were lay teachers and half of them were nuns, but the nuns were really nice. Mm. Um well, there was a there were a couple that were really strict, you know, but so one of them, you know, after my sister was born, um, my one one of the nuns, the one who taught the religion class that we had every every day, um, said that if your if your baby sister dies before she gets baptized, she'll go to hell. Mm-hmm. I was so upset. I stood up in class. I said, "No, she won't. She hasn't done any sins at all. <laughs> Nothing, you know." Oh dear. Um, of course, of course, it would and be the so one who's in charge of like teaching you about Jesus who would tell you something mean like that. Huh? <laughs> yeah, so she sent me to the principal's office, and it was um, Sister Mary Michaeline. And Sister Michaeline said, you know, old people, they're kind of set in their ways. Don't, don't worry about it. She will not go to hell. She hasn't done any sins. Yeah. So <laughs> I went back to class, and that was a big part in my conversion to the Mormon church that babies don't go to hell yeah. until, you know. They've done something bad. Yeah. So, but anyway. Well, it sounds like it's not too bad of a mix. That's the kind of mix you'd get at no, any public was, school or anything. A couple yeah, of strict yeah. people, but mostly really lovely people. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, elementary school in Iowa, and then we moved to my dad lost his job in uh, at Collins Radio Company. He was making transistors, and you know things were happening so fast in the technology kind of age that yeah. they shut down that company so we we moved to butte montana oh wow yeah. where my my grandmother and my maternal grandma grandpa lived um so i did junior high and, and high school there um and then i went to college in billings montana mm-hmm. i got a degree in um art uh, art and with a minor in biology Oh, cool. Weird. I don't know. No, that's really cool. That's awesome. Um, and then I tried to find a job in art. And in Billings, there was nothing. Yeah, sure. So, and I had an apartment that I had rented, you know, after after graduation. I, oh, and I also did a year, my junior year abroad, I did a junior year abroad that I set up for myself. I went to France and I studied at a French um, art school. Oh, really? Nice. And I learned how to speak French. Yeah, did you learn there because, or had you already learned? Well, I had learned some yeah. things. So I, I took French when I was in high school from uh the nun who taught my father Latin when he was in high school. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. She goes she does the role, you know, Murphy, Rose. And then there's this long pause. I sit here, you know, and then this long pause and she goes, Are you Bernard Murphy's daughter? I just about fell through the floor. <laughs> yes. I taught him Latin when he was at Billings High School. Oh, wow. So um, that was kind of interesting. Good for her uh, for so, teaching multiple language courses. That's awesome. Yeah. And when I knew I was going to go to France, I, I went to the, to the language lab at the college and started listening to tapes and things. Yeah. So I had something. But it was 
nothing really to survive on. But once you get there and nobody speaks English, you have to learn. Yeah, that pushes you into it. Yeah, so I think I was fluent in about two months. Did you know anything of bagpipes when you went on that study abroad? Like any interest in going to Cape Breton or anything? Or was that, did nope, bagpipes come nothing. in later? Gotcha. Bagpipes came in later. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so then I, um, let's see. So I, I was in this apartment that I had rented and couldn't find a job. So one of my friends from college said, well, I'm going to go out and visit my girlfriend in Minneapolis. Uh, and I said, can I come along if I pay half the gas? So, so I, I, um, packed up all my worldly possessions in a backpack and <laughs> got in the car and we drove to Minneapolis. And I had some friends that I had met when I was, I visited Ireland when I was in, in France, you know, for vacations and stuff. I went over to, to Ireland and met my relatives that were over there. That's yeah. a kind of interesting story too. Do you want to hear that? I story do. Too? Tell me about that. That's really cool. So I knew that my family came from Carrick Macross because my I knew my great grandmother and she told me stories about where she grew up and everything. So I knew that she was from Carrick Macross in County Monaghan. So I went over to Ireland on Easter break and I went to Carrick Macross in County Monaghan and I went to the church because that's where the records were, you know, mm, the Catholic yeah. church. And so I went and talked to the priest there and he said, well, the, there was a big fire at the church and all the records were burned that would include your grandmother's records. So, so, um, I don't have any records. Um, don't know where your family is or anything. So, and he said, "Why don't you go to Salt Lake City because they have all kinds of genealogy records." Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Well, I'm. I got another. I got to finish the rest of my year of school." Yeah. So, I started walking up the hill from the church, just walking along, just looking at you know stuff. And it was row houses upon row houses. And this little kid was out in the front yard playing with the ball. And just on a whim, I said, hey, kid, do you know anybody with the last name of Roe? And he just shook his head. And uh, so I said, uh, do you know of anybody with the last name of Swinburne? And he just went white. Oh, yeah? He said, that's my last no name. No way. I said, can I talk to your mom, please? <laughs> so I went in, and she was she was opening cans and making things for dinner. Later on, her husband told me that. If she didn't have a can opener, her family would starve. I <laughs> thought that was kind of funny. So um, I said, uh, I explained, you know, how I was related to Swinburne's and what, were we related? And she said, well, you have to ask my husband, Patsy, when he gets home from work. So um, I helped her get dinner ready and play with the kids. There are five kids. Ooh. And he came home and we had dinner. And and I told him the story about how I was related to Swinburne's through my grandmother. And uh, he said, Let's go ask my mom and dad. They would know. So we went over to the his parents' house after dinner, and uh, and they said, "Yeah, I'm your great great grandmother's sister." Wow, really? They were my relatives. Wow. And so then, then I stayed there for the whole week of Easter vacation, and they took me around to all the cemeteries where relatives were born. They took me around to all the people that were still in town that were related to me, and explained how I was related, and we had, um you know, tea with everybody and yeah. met everybody. It was really interesting. Do you so, stay, and I, I, I've, are you, have you gone back since then, you know, to revisit and stuff? Um, I have not, but I gave all the information that I got, you know, addresses and names and stuff to my grandmother yeah. when I got home. And uh, she said, okay, I guess we'll have to go back there. Yeah. So they did. So it, like 10 years later, they all took a trip to Ireland and spent a month over there and met all the family and, 
that sounds really awesome. Cool. That, that I mean, you know, I'm sure it's really cool to go to like Dublin, you know, like sort of in a touristy kind of way. But it sounds like mm-hmm. having dinner in an Irish row house with like with a man named Patsy of all things, you know, I know right? with five kids and everything. It just sounds so authentic. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it was really cool. Well, that's amazing that you, I can't I, that moment of saying the kid's last name. That's really cool. Now, when you, when you would travel, when you would go from from uh, from France over to Ireland, did you, you know, hop from France to the UK, go across land there, and then get in the water again to go over to to Ireland, or were you kind of, you know, on a boat or something going around the bottom of the of the UK there? I I just went I went on land over to the west or to Le Havre in France, which is northwest, the mm-hmm. northwest corner of France, and I took the ferry straight over. I see, I see. And I was seasick. Yeah, I bet that's not it's not a short distance, is it? It well, I mean relatively compared to the Atlantic I guess, Ocean. Yeah, it is, compared to going across the ocean, yeah. It's really rough seas, pretty and then it was springtime too, so it was rough. It was really rough. Yeah. I think I just uh spent the the whole trip in the bathroom throwing up. Mm. Mm. But nobody was there, so Yeah, at least you could throw up in private. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> So, so when you got uh, back from your study abroad, then you still had a little school left, and then you graduated, and then headed off to Minneapolis. Yeah, and then I went to Minneapolis, and I st- so people that I met in Ireland were living in Minneapolis, and so I went to their house. Oh, I see. Uh, and just south of, um, just south of, um, Center City, Minneapolis is where they lived, and so I went to their house, and they said, well, you can sleep on our couch if you want until you find a job, so I slept on their couch for a couple days, and I got a job at General Mills, Mm. um, working as a secretary. Oh, good for you you to be working as a secretary, because I used to inspect buildings, and I've inspected a few, like, cereal plants, and I like cold cereal, but there's something about the process that just doesn't smell great. I never really enjoyed the smell in those places. (laughs) Well, I wasn't in the production part of it. Right, I was yeah. in the, the office admin part, so yeah. it was just you know bosses and secretaries the whole the whole place. Uh, other other interesting smells, I'm sure, but still, I, I think I'd rather yeah. be in an office than in the production area at a cereal store or a cereal factory yeah. for sure. Yeah. So I worked at General Mills for two years. I got a, I got a, a room in a rooming house that was a couple blocks away from where my friends lived. Um, and. I just took the bus out to General Mills every day, and um, that's where I joined the Mormon Church mm. and met my husband. Oh, His so family. was he a native of uh, Minnesota then? No, he's from he's from California, and mm. his d- parents moved to Minneapolis. They, their his dad got a job in Minneapolis about I don't know a year after I got there, and so they moved into our ward. Mm. And, uh, you know, my, um, I, I've never personally actually lived in that part of the country, but my dad grew up in South Dakota and uh-huh. my, I don't know how an accent can make it this far, but my wife tells me often that there are a few words I say, like you were, <laughs> I'm over, overemphasizing now, like <laughs> yogurt and stuff like that. Right. That she's like, why uh-huh. do you, why do you sound like you're from like Wisconsin or something? Right. And like, I have no idea. Right. It's, it must be that my dad still had a few words that he pronounced that way, even over in Utah. Yeah. Right. And, and that I picked him up as a kid. Um, do you feel like having lived in, did you start in Rhode Island or Maine? I, I, Aberdeen, Maryland. Oh, in Maryland. Right. In Maryland. Yeah. So if, do you feel like having lived in Maryland, in Iowa, in Minneapolis, and other places as well, um, 
have have you picked up like do you have a do you have do you have funny words that you say sometimes or like turns of phrase you know that people go like oh where are you from yeah i think i maintain the minnesota accent yeah. a little bit um because I, I think that people from utah talk funny but um I, when i talk to people from 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 minnesota anywhere i sort of slip into that accent again yeah but i do that with any accent so if i speak to irish people i start picking up their accent mm-hmm. i just do it without thinking about it and they give me a sidelong look like i keep <laughs> trying to copy me right or french people i really got a good i think that's a gift that i have mm-hmm. to just be able to pick up accents of people yeah and I'd imagine having lived in multiple places, you probably become somewhat like sort of fluid in that in like, you know, there yeah. are different ways to say things and stuff. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. If people say you said that kind of funny, I'd say it's my Minnesota accent. Yeah, sure. You bet. <laughs> you know, yeah, because it's, it's, it's. So, um, uh, let's see. Story. So you, you met your husband there. Yeah, we got married. Uh, there wasn't any temple there, so we went to Washington D.C. and got married because I had an aunt living out there, and um, so we got married there. Did our honeymoon through um, the East Coast and and East part of Canada, uh, and then um, did you happen we to went hit back to... Um, Prince Edward Island while you were up there? No, not that time. Uh... I have been there since, but. My my wife um, my wife needs me to go to Prince Edward Island with her. She, it's enchanting. Yeah. It's so delightful. Yeah. It's, but it and it's free to get over to the island, mm-hmm. but it costs fifty bucks to get back. Oh really? <laughs> That's a good strategy. <laughs> I know, right? You want to go home? Fifty bucks, please. <laughs> oh, that, wow, that's brilliant. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of what happened next. Uh, so we got married and we had four kids. Three girls, Rosie, Catriona, Theodora, and then a son, Tiankum, and he um, he was born um, right. He was like eleven months old, and we Todd decided he needed. To, my husband Todd decided he needed to move out to. He, he went to air traffic control school. He wanted mm. to be an air traffic controller. Yeah. So um, he um, he took the training down in Oklahoma City. And then on uh, December 23rd, we moved to Salt Lake City. Mm, we got so... here on January 1st, January 10th, 2000. 2000. Mm. So we moved here right at the turn of the century. And so until then, your kids have been being raised in, in uh, Minnesota? Yeah, they were all born and raised in Minnesota. Gotcha. Uh, but but this house that we've lived in here ever since is the only house our son has ever known. Yeah, yeah, because he's just a tiny boy. Yeah. Man, so, so were you like on the road for Christmas? Uh, we were on the road for Christmas Eve Yeah, and we had the radio tuned to, my husband was in Oklahoma city. So it was just me driving with the kids oh, and see. Yeah. stuff and everything. So we, uh, had a radio tuned to the station where they follow Santa Claus as he travels from uh, here yeah, to there. Yeah. And we, and we didn't have a tree, of course. So we had one of those little air fresheners that you hang from your <laughs> oh, rear view yeah. mirror. It was a little green tree and we put little colored dots on it. That was our Christmas tree. Oh, that's fun. Uh, so then we moved out here and then, uh, uh have... I found an ad in an acorn magazine for a bagpipe, um, practice chanter for like $23. I said, I can do that. 
I could pay $23 and only play bagpipes. Yeah. <laughs> Had you been thinking for a long time that maybe that would be fun? Or was it like in that moment suddenly you were like, oh, bagpipes. Yeah, I could do that. No, whenever I... So there was some some piper that lived between our house in, in Minneapolis and the university where I worked. Mm. And uh, he would walk along the street and I would sometimes pass him as he was walking along the street playing at practicing or something i don't know he would just walk along the street practicing and and i would follow him sometimes and be late for work because i was following this guy just listening to his playing i thought that would be awesome was he all kilted up or was he just out there in his street clothes uh i seem to remember him being kilted up but Mm i it's kind of vague yeah so when i saw that practice center i thought wow that would be so cool so was it a decent practice channel, or was it one of those uh, rosewood ones that gives you splinters? Um, it wasn't a rosewood. It was pretty decent. Yeah, well, that's good. But but the low G didn't work. Oh, really? Interesting. So I uh, and I went and uh, found I found uh, a link online to the Celtic Center here in Minneapolis that was still open, and I called them up and I said, "Hey, I just got this practice center and." Oh, and one of the notes doesn't work in Salt Lake, right? Yeah, in Salt yeah. Lake, and he said, uh, "Well, I'll bring it in. I'll fix it for you." That was this is Dennis McMaster. Ah, uh, yeah. And so I brought it in, and and he fixed it. I don't know what he did to it. Um, and he said, "You know, you can't you can't learn to play bagpipes from a book. Mm. I'll with some lessons." Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "All right." And so uh, he. Um, started teaching me lessons and I think I took lessons for six months never touched a pipe set of pipes before Mm -hmm. at all and then I started actually actually got my first set of pipes and well I got rental pipes from from McMaster uh, about six months about six months after I'd started and started playing so now one quick question. I'm curious, having moved around quite a bit throughout your life and now you've you've been in one steady place for 20 years, are you getting restless or do you feel happy about being in Salt Lake? Oh, I'm happy to be in yeah. one place. I don't it's so hard to move. Yeah. Well, I hear you there. We just had carpet put into our house. We had to move stuff into the garage and just that was a Herculean mm. effort. Oh yeah. Almost not worth it. I was like, "Are we sure we want carpet?" <laughs> <laughs> now you got to keep it clean. I hope it's not white carpet. No, no. We got the color of dirt. <laughs> good. Very good. That's a good choice. Yeah. We've, also, we've also got four kids, and so it was like, well, this is not our forever carpet. This is for the kids to abuse. <laughs> right. Right. So you did you did you say you were on practice channel for six months, and then you got the rental pipes? Yeah. That's pretty quick. Did you feel ready for it when you got on pipes, or was it kind of overwhelming? Well, remember, I, I learned to play the piano and the violin, so I knew how to read music. Yeah. I just had to do the fingering, and that was it. Yeah. So, I, what, which do you, I'm, I should know this, but I think, I feel like you play with Salt, with the Salt Lake Scots, is that right? Right. Yes. Yeah. And Dennis so, was the, mm-hmm. was the um, pipe major of Salt Lake Scots at that time. Yeah. So I I got voted into the band uh, on the first May, day of May in 2004, I think it was. Mm. And you never looked back. Never looked back. How does your family feel them. about it? You know, because I mean, pipes can take up some time and stuff. You know, do they? Uh, they and they're loud. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
Yeah, so my husband is pretty good about um, coming to gigs and events and things. Yeah. But he doesn't play anything. But Tiankum, when he was little, he thought that everything I did was the coolest thing. And so he wanted to learn pipes too. So I got him lessons and he plays. He's up at USU now and he plays with their band up there. He plays pipes. Mm. I, I, I feel he's got a unique name, of course, so it would stand out. I feel like I have, yeah. I don't know if I've met him personally, but I feel like I've for sure seen his name on like rosters when I was helping organize soloist competitions or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sure you did. He he went to a couple of competitions and he came out and competed with us at uh, at uh, Ventura Games when we went out there. Mm. That program that they have at USU is, I it, it's been turning out some really great sets and performances. They They're playing great up there. They or, were. Or sorry, until I said COVID. USU. Sorry, it's uh, it's yeah, Utah State University, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's Utah State University. Yeah. They were they were doing pretty good until COVID hit. Now they have six pipers. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. And is that it, or do they hold on to like one drummer? <laughs> um, I don't know if they have any drummers. Yeah. Um, I didn't ask about drummers. Yeah, we all have a, a dearth of drummers, don't we? Yeah. I I honestly I, like we might need to start like collectively just like as, as a as maybe as a branch we can like take up a collection to just like pay a stipend to any drummer who's willing to stay with them <laughs> <laughs> we just really need you guys <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. i uh i played i played bass drum one year for the band oh yeah how'd you Cause, like it cause our, i played bass in college it was mm. marching band yeah you know i think i could play a bass drum it's just two notes and they said, sure, okay. So I played marching band, and, and I can still play the the drums part to the Rocky theme song because it was Rocky Mountain College that I went to, and oh. I can still I can still play that play that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I played I played our our drummer our bass drummer disappeared went someplace, and they said, hey, anybody want to be a bass drummer this year so we can compete? Yeah. I said, okay, I'll do that. I played bass drum before, and they're so heavy, though. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yeah, it looks not as heavy good. as snare drums, but they're so heavy. Yeah, yeah. When I was in, so when I, was two... in I was in high school and, and tried the bass drum there, and they, they had just one of those like sling mounts for it. You know, it's just like two straps of like seatbelt oh, material yeah. that goes around your shoulders. Yeah, I, I think I still have back issues now just from that one. You know, that one year of trying that drum out. I it, bet it'll just bend you right over. It will. It's horrible. So, what do you have any um, any favorite? Let me see. Well, I want to know, Rose. Do you have a favorite pipe tune that you really love to play? That's like evergreen for you. Do you have pipe tunes that are often requested, maybe by your family members or friends who know that you play? And what is your sort of top of the list dream pipe tune that you really want to learn? Okay. So, first question. Um, I like. Um just about any slow air. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of the name of the tune now that that's my favorite one, but I can't think of the name of tunes. Mm-hmm. I have a, I, I have the same problem. A hard yeah, time with, with, yeah. So, but I, I, slow airs are my favorite, but I have a hard time keeping my, um, pressure steady. Oh, so sure, yeah. I well, don't, don't get, don't we play. all. <laughs> right. So, um, but, uh, but, um, what was the second question? Um, oh, the one that people ask me to yeah, play. Yeah, what do people ask you to yeah. play? Happy birthday. Oh, of course, of course. My my father-in-law just turned 80 in the beginning of April and he made me come and play happy birthday to him. Mm. 
So, um, and then what was the third question? Um, top of the list for tunes you'd really like to learn. Something that you think like that's I, such a cool tune. I want to learn to play that. I would like to play learn to play Pumpkin's Fancy. Oh yeah, that's a fun one for sure. It's a hornpipe, so yeah. it's tricky. And I even printed it out on orange paper. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, and I I've gone through it. I just don't have it memorized. Yeah. And I am sure some of the hornpipe movements are really horrible, but we don't ever play it in band. So. Well, I could be wrong, but I think that one of the sort of one of the beautiful things about that tune is those slides. You can you can mm-hmm. hide any sort of you can hide a lot of your <laughs> like sort of weakness with the hornpipe form by doing really cool slides, mm-hmm. you know. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um and there's a there's a tune that Dennis McMaster wrote called Brogues on the Cobbles mm. that I really like. It's not a slow air, it's march. Mm-hmm. I think it's a march. Um, and I, I like to play that a lot, but nobody else in the band likes it because they played it so much before I joined the band that they just don't ever want to hear it again. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. <laughs> yeah, so. Now, what is your, what's your current um, instrument setup? What kind of pipes are you playing? I have, I got to look it up because now I don't remember. Just hey, a minute. don't worry about that, Rose. I'll tell you, <laughs> I'm exactly the same way. I, we, there are some of us, though we love bagpipes, we need to have friends who know, like, we all need a Larry Erdman, right? Who we can just, like, play right. a piece of a tune and he'll say, oh, that's this tune, right? Right. We, we all need... and he'll know how to play the rest of it, too. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. We, we all need a Johnny Minor or a Mike Swan in, in our lives who can tell us exactly what equipment we have, either just by looking yes. at it or because somehow they've memorized what equipment everybody in the state is playing on. <laughs> I can't believe that they do that, but they do. Yep, yep. No, I had to write it all down because people keep asking me these things. Yeah. So I have um, nail drones. Hmm. Uh, and I have, I don't know what kind of chanter I have. Um, it's, uh, I have a Ganaway medium bag. Is that a, that's a leather bag then? It's a leather bag. Yeah. yeah. It's a hide bag. Um, I have a Chesney Copper uh, chanter reed. Uh do you like that I, reed? That's one that I haven't tried Chesney's yet. I've, I've been yeah, kind of doing a we, buffet of reeds lately, trying to trying a bunch of them out. So maybe I'll try that one next. We um. We were playing uh, platinum chanter reeds. Yeah. Over the last year, and they are so so hard to break in. Mm. It just takes oh, forever to you got to play them every day for an hour, and it takes a month, something like that. You mm. know, and nobody liked them, so we're still going to switch over to Chesney reeds. And I got a Chesney copper when I destroyed my platinum reed accidentally on purpose um <laughs> oh no <laughs> uh, i have a, a canard based drone reed and my tenor drone reeds are canning normals mm. that's what i have but i had to, i had to look it up on my phone because i write it down. yeah no <laughs> I'm, I'm right there remember. with you rose i'm right there with you so is this uh is this the setup that you've like landed on after trying multiple different things or is this kind of what you got set up to start with and you and you like what you have and you're sticking with it no, I started out with McCallum pipes. Mm-hmm. Those were the ones you were renting. Y- yeah, I was renting those. So I bought no, um, I, I rented McCa- I rented McMaster pipes. Oh, and okay. I bought McCallums um, because I really liked the way they sounded. Yeah, they're great. I bought yeah. I bought a set of McCallums, but then as the years went on and Tiankum started to take up pipes and needed you know bits and pieces of pipes here and there i would give him parts of my pipes and i had 
I had the band pipes. You know, I got band drones, and they were silver, and they were cool, you know. And yeah. So I, I didn't have... I had McAllen pipes. And then, this is an interesting story. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, I decided to um, get nail pipes. Yeah. So I had received some money um, from my... My mother died, and I inherited some money. So I said, I'm going to get some new pipes. So I'm, uh, and I talked to the pipe major. He said, you should get nails. They're the best. Yeah. So I heard nail people pay, playing nails, and I played nails. And I thought, oh, that's, that's really cool. So I bought a set of nail, nail. I ordered them. This is last year, right? I ordered a set of nails pipes. Ooh, so these are, um, these are fresh. These are fresh. Not the bag. I just got the drones and the... And the just the, the chanter, the not the chanter, stocks, as they say. Yeah, like that. So I just yeah. had pieces of of pipes. So I so I, I, I ordered them online, and it was like fifteen hundred dollars. I don't even remember how much it was. It was a lot of money. Yeah, they are. I ordered them they and top notch pipes. I, yeah. Yeah, and I paid for them, and and it's in the, they were coming from Scotland, right? So and it was taking forever because of the pandemic and everything. So. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting and waiting, 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 months, you know, pass by. And then I get this email from um, Tartan Town. They said, we're, we're canceling your your payment uh, for your pipes. And I thought, oh, my gosh, no. what happened? Yeah. Do I have to do this all over again, all over again, you know? And, and, uh, and then I got a little text and it said, somebody else has paid for your pipes. Oh, so we're sending really? your money back to you. And they never told me who paid for them. I do not know who paid for them. That's but I have a beautiful. new set of pipes. Wow. Because somebody else bought me a set of pipes. Wow, that's lovely. That, that... So I really can't stop playing anymore because yeah, you somebody, you somebody thought I was <laughs> somebody thought I was good enough to buy me a set of pipes. Yeah. Anonymously. You got strong incentive to keep it up forever now. Right. Right. No. Well, that's beautiful. That's the kind of good news we need to hear. That kind of yeah. beautiful thing happening in the world. Somebody out out there is. I want to get attention. on their. I want to get on their good list as well. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> now, what about when you're getting ready for a performance, whether it's a uh, a competition or a parade, or you're going to play by yourself? Do you have any kind of pre-performance ritual that you go through to kind of make sure you're ready to go, either you know mentally or with your instrument or your uniform or anything like that? I, I run through the tunes that I'm going to play in my head. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I even write them down because I have a really bad memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll write the, the canteric. Uh, oh, have you learned to sing it? Yeah, because McMaster made you learn the canteric when you were oh, learning. Oh, that's to... right. I've yeah, heard that. So... Yeah. That's so cool, Rose. I, I That's a skill I would love to learn someday. <laughs> So, so I go through the tunes. Uh, I make sure that I have all the parts of my pipes in the pipe bags. You know, it's really embarrassing to show up at a gig and not being able to play your pipes because you forgot your chanter or something. Or your blowpipe. I've had that experience right. with a friend. Yep. Um, and then I make sure that I have all of my um, uniform. And I, I start from the top down. Okay. Hat, mm. shirt, vest, tie. Um, sporin, kilt, socks, flashes, shoes. I, I make sure I just go from the top down and make sure I have it all set out. Everything's washed and ironed and whatever, you know, and 
and then I think about playing the the tunes, and I I go through the tunes a couple of times too. Mm-hmm. If I have have um if I have time. Do you usually have like a do you take your practice chanter in the car with you or something like that? So like when you get there, you can run through them on your chanter at least. Or... Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, my practice chanter lives in my pipe bag. Yeah. So look at the weather. Make sure I don't need to bring my whatever that raincoat thing is called, some city in Scotland. Yeah. yeah. I don't have one of those, whatever they're called, but so, there have been a few times when I've thought, <laughs> I could really use one of those things, you know, as, it's, as I'm standing yeah. there playing in the rain. <laughs> in the rain, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Now, uh, if you could change anything about the uniform that we wear for competition, like if someone came to you and said, you know, we're changing the rules and you get to choose, would you, is there anything you'd add to it or anything you would change or take away from it? I would take all the red out of my kilt. <laughs> yeah. I really don't like red. That's just in general. You just have strong feelings about the color, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. My my great aunt was worked at a department store in Memphis when I was a kid, and she would always send me presents of clothing, and it was always red. Mm, and really? I got so sick of red. Always red. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So, so, what about the competition itself? Um, do you ever wish that we could play other forms of music, or there, is there a you know a medley type that you really don't enjoy playing that you wish were just like not on the table anymore? No, I like them all. Yeah. You, you like mentioned that you you like slow airs, and I'm with you. I love I love it when you get a pretty slow air that kind of is harmonizing mm-hmm. with the drones and stuff. Have you have you dove into the world of uh, Peabrook at all? I I stuck my toe in the water Mm -hmm. uh uh, just because there was a lot of you know downtime during covid um but i haven't actually learned i mean field of gold i think is what it's called i was starting to learn Mm -hmm. field of gold yeah but i i need somebody to explain how you play all those little things and it's (laughs) yeah yeah those aren't those aren't throws and burls what are those yeah yeah. yeah, weird. Now, aside from bagpipes and pipe band stuff, is there another any other like what else takes up your your time and your energy these days? Um, I'm a scoutmaster with the BSA. Oh yeah. So I have a bunch of girls in our troop, and so we do that. We do a lot of activities, camping, and did did stuff you get like started that. with that um, as your kids were the right age for it, or was it an interest you had you know prior to that? Uh, my brothers were in Cub Scouts. Um, and I always thought they had a lot of fun doing that. Mm-hmm. And then, my, and my husband was in scouting all his life. My dad was in scouting. Um, and I really thought it would be fun for, to do all that stuff, but you know, girls couldn't be in Boy Scouts back right. then. So I didn't get to do any of that. So when it, the opportunity came, yeah, when it opened up, I jumped at the chance yeah. of a local troop, you know, mm. so, um, Yeah. yeah. What else do I do? Um, and I like to knit a lot. Oh, do you? Do you knit clothing, yeah. blankets, all of the above? Uh, b- blankets t- t- take so long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like to do little things and get that done with the project. Yeah. Have you ever knit a necktie? I have. I knitted one for my son and one for my husband. Yeah. I have a few knit neckties and those are for sure oh, my favorite. You? I I think that oh, cool. I, I'm I'm severely colorblind and so I think that what it is is I I really appreciate like textures and patterns, 
you know? Oh, uh-huh. And I think that that's probably at the core of why I like knit things so much because they have so much texture There's to texture. them. texture. Yeah. That's cool. Mm. That's that's good to know. Now, the, yeah. Um, the, the, but the, 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 was the knitting something that you picked up fairly recently or is it? Uh, did you start as a kid? My, my mother and my grandmother taught me when I was about nine. Mm. And I, I got some blue yarn uh, at the local uh, mall in Butte and I knit a... I guess it was a scarf. It could have repelled bullets, though. It was knit so tightly. <laughs> it just You didn't have to hang it up. You could just stand it in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't knit in after that because that was what old ladies did. You know? Oh, sure. It wasn't cool. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't cool. Yeah. Um, but then uh, when my kids started to get older, I had time to do, do it. Yeah. They... I picked it back up again and it was really meditative and mm. it's, it was, you know, artistic and colorful and you got warm things out of it. And so, yeah, I started doing that a lot. That's lovely. And then I work at Home Depot. Oh, do you? Yes. What kind of department do you handle over there? Are you kind of doing a lot of different stuff? Um, I work in the customer service department. I worked for JetBlue for 16 years as customer mm. service um, and, uh, so I'm pretty experienced at customer service. Now, I feel like I remember you mentioning JetBlue. Was it pretty recently that you changed careers? Yes, because I kind of got fired because they, there were so many, so few people flying during COVID that oh, they had course. to let a lot of people go. Yeah. Um, so I, um, kind of got retired yeah, I think in, got uh, retired. last year. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't really want to go back when they started hiring people back again because yeah. it was, I was kind of at a dead end over there. So yeah. Did you I, get some uh, of when, those uh, travel benefits though, while you were working there? Did mm -hmm. you take your family around and stuff? Oh yeah. 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 And I don't we mean called, to cut uh, you off there, but any, any favorites, any favorite places to take your family? Oh, let's see. Um, we, we used to take Tancom to, some place for his birthday because it was in February and nobody was flying in oh, February. Sure, yeah. um, so we went to um, California, all over California. We went to New York and Florida and uh, Maine. We went to um, London and, and Wales and um, we didn't go to Scotland. We never got to Scotland. Mm. We didn't get to Germany, um, but we went to Ireland in France, we spent a week in France. We went to a, a little, you know, house that somebody was just renting a house for. Wait, isn't that? Do they call it a chateau? Did you go to a? It's a, not. A, a no, French it's chateau? not a chateau. Oh, okay. A chateau is a castle. Oh, is it? No, it's just a, a maison. <laughs> see, I know nothing. Petite maison. <laughs> I see. Petite maison. So we just stayed. It had two bedrooms and a bathroom and a living room and a kitchen, and it was in the middle of a tiny little town. Yeah. And then we just rented a car and we went everywhere well, that from sounds, there. I, I personally, that's more appealing to me than like being with a yeah. tourist group or something. Like that sounds beautiful. Oh yeah. It was a lot of fun. Everybody decided before we went what they wanted to see and somebody wanted to see castles and somebody wanted to see the Paris. And so yeah. somebody wanted to see, you know, so we went and saw all the things, just took trips from where we were and we got to go home at night and we had all our stuff there. And yeah. it was, it was nice to have that little house. How was, how was your French? Did you feel real comfortable speaking when you got over there for that trip? 
uh, it approved very quickly mm -hmm. when I was over there. That and I was sense. translating for everybody because um, my my oldest daughter speaks French, but and Tiankum did learn to speak French later on. But um, he uh, when I, when we were over there, I was translating for everybody. Yeah. You know, the sign driving down the road, I would, they there would be a sign, and I'd say, "Okay, this sign says blah blah blah." Yeah. And so I translated the whole trip, trip, and then when we flew back into New York City. I kept on translating the signs, <laughs> even though they were in English. Everybody's like, Mom, we know. <laughs> wow, we can read that, yeah. Uh, that's wonderful. Yeah, yeah it, it came back really quickly. Yeah. And people were, as soon as you try to speak French, people say that the French people are very, um, you know, rude and sort of not very courty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you just try and to speak the language, they are so nice. We yeah. got lost trying to find the little house that we were to stay in. It was dark. It was like 10 o'clock at night. And we were driving through this little town. And I saw a car pull up to a house. I said, let's go ask those people where we are, you know. And so I went over there and, and I said, please, can you help me? Because we're trying to find this place and this place. And they said, oh, come into our house. People, French people don't ever invite you into their house mm. unless you've been their friend forever and ever. Yeah. Come in and we'll look it up on the computer. And so I went in there and we looked up where we where we were and where we needed to go. And we talked about all the things that we could see in the, in the area. And mm. it was amazing that yeah. they, they almost invited us all into their house to stay the night. You know, yeah. it was really nice. They were very, very nice. Mm. Now, and that's, and that's where you'd say the only French phrase that I actually know what it means would be merci beaucoup there you go merci beaucoup as uh, my mother used to say mercy bookups yeah yeah that's about what it comes out for me most of the time yeah. <laughs> right. now do you yeah. have any particularly like really fun or, or happy memories that stand out uh in association with your pipes you know playing with playing by yourself or playing with the band traveling around anything that you kind of go now that was special that was fun hmm I don't know that I have anything special. Mm -hmm. I had some really notable. <laughs> okay, here's one. Here's one that was really special. Yeah. Um. I went up to. I was always. Re I'm always really nervous when I'm competing and I make mistakes a lot. So I said. So I went up. I started to just go and compete everywhere so I could get rid of this, the nerves, you know, mm, kind of get over. So it, we yeah. went up to Billings uh, and I competed up at the Billings games up there one summer and a whole bunch of other games. And, and um, the, the people who were coming down from Canada for these games forgot that they had to have passports or you had to have passports at that time. This is a new thing. I think. think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. That. So yeah. they didn't, they didn't um, get their passports in time, so they didn't come down. So I played, uh, and it was just this little tiny field that you played in, and you stood in the middle of the field, and everybody listened to every competition mm. and uh, everybody playing their solo. So I played my March solo, and I think I did a really good job. I must have because I got first place. Hey, That's the only first I've ever go. gotten. Yeah. I never have got a first place, but good, so good for you. I got a second place one time, but it was a very small competition, so I don't think I could really, you know, it was like, oh, well. <laughs> like there were only three of us anyway, you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, first, second, third. Yeah. yeah, that was really exciting to just, 
I, I, I finished my march and there was this little pause of silence and everybody in the whole games clapped. Oh, that's awesome. I was so amazed. Wow. That's so different from what play. we usually experience where there's like six different solos going on at yeah. the same time. And yeah. So... You're anonymous. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's awesome. And I, I like to go and I like to um, be the steward for the games for one of the judges you know. That's fun too. Yeah. So I do that whenever I can. Yeah, I've done that a couple of times. I also really enjoyed it. Especially good experience. Do you um do you mind if I ask you? I, I would be I would be remiss if I didn't ask you. How do you feel about pineapple on pizza? I love pineapple on pizza. Nice. Any particulars about what other toppings need to be there or how the pineapple needs to be prepared, or is it just like give me some of that sweet fruit on the on the burnt <laughs> disc and I'll take it? <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. My husband is allergic to pineapple, so we, so we don't have Canadian bacon, you know, pizza very often. I see, I see. But, but whenever we do, I love it. Yeah. yeah. His his allergy isn't so severe that, like, if you have pineapple on pizza, then you can't kiss him for two days or something like that, right? No, his throat closes up. Ooh. That's no good. Uh, it doesn't It doesn't stop him from breathing. It's just uncomfortable for, you know, about six hours, and then he's okay again. <laughs> Yeah, we so, don't yeah, get it very often. Be careful. I yeah. love it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Well, I think we've got the makings of an excellent episode here, Rose. <laughs> okay, I hope so. I hope you can make sense of it. No, absolutely. I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. And I am sorry for that delay at the beginning there. Oh, um, no worries. Is, did you want... So I can kind of just find a spot to kind of fade it out. Unless... Did you have any sort of like, you know, advice, words of wisdom, anything that you would like to go out on? And I can like cut this thing in the middle out and then just fade it out on whatever you'd like to say. Just keep playing. Even if you sound horrible, keep working on it and you'll get better pretty soon. Yeah. That's what I would like to say. <laughs>